Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, enjoying its 10th anniversary, often the number one live airing broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and reaching a global audience of over 185,000 listeners. During this hour-long interview-style program, you'll meet perspective transformers who come to share their most pivotal, life-changing insights and aha moments, offering you instant access to life, leadership, and God-loving seismic shifts of your own. We encourage you to invite friends to join you here now, or share quotes with attribution, and also to reach out to our sponsor, WomenSpeakers.com, the most popular online connecting place for Christian event planners and Christian women speakers since 2002. I'm your host, Marnie Swedberg, and I encourage you to grab a notepad and get ready to meet today's Perspective Transformers. The featured speaker, Teresa Lust. From McKinney, Texas. Welcome to you, Teresa. Hi, thank you, Marnie. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, it's always fun when we get together and we've gotten together in person even, which is yes. more than I could say for most of the women speakers. <laughs> yes, it's been wonderful. Yeah, it's been a long time relationship, but thank you for your partnership over the years. And thank I'm you. excited because your new book just came out unapologetically free. And it is available now. And you can Teresa's um Website is TeresaLusk.com with T-E-R-E-S-A, TeresaLusk.com. Otherwise, over at WomenSpeakers.com, you can find her under Texas. That's where she lives. And so we are going to share some aha moments here together, and I'm just going to dive right in. Don't put God in a box. Don't put God in a box, Marnie. You know, we sometimes we, um, we make up our own minds about what we think. God is doing or um, how he can move and reveal and deal with our hearts. And I just, I love that we don't have to put him in a box, that we don't have to figure him out and we can just trust him, that we can break barriers and say, God, just reveal yourself to me in the way that you want to and help me remove anything that keeps me from seeing who you really are. If God can fit in here, he isn't a very big God. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly true. Very good. It's really hard for us to not put them in a box because everything else in our whole world, we put through the filter of what we've known and understood. That's absolutely true. So we're not making people feel bad about that we have done that. I have done that. One of my prayers, Marnie, not too long ago, maybe several years ago, I, I said, God, I know there's more. Help me to see more. Help me to see the more that I know I have not yet seen. In other words, God, I give you permission to take me out of the box. Let me come out of the box. Let me let you out of the box. And that way I can see you more and more for who you are. <laughs> it's really true that it's actually just us in the box ever, right? <laughs> yes. It's really never in our box. It's there you go. It's <laughs> that he is. That is That's true. <laughs> I like that. Spiritual awareness can set you free. We've got to realize that there is darkness and there is light. And sometimes uh, maybe we haven't learned it. Maybe we haven't been exposed to it. Maybe we haven't um, had an experience, but we need to be aware that first of all, we're spiritual beings, right? God is spirit. We're spirit. We're also human here on earth, but we do need some spiritual awareness because it'll bring us to a point of freedom. And so if we begin to understand that not everything is a natural effect, sure, there are things that happen to us, our decisions, consequences, the decisions of other people. But in the end, Marnie, uh, we need to be aware that there is a lot more operating at times. And so we just need to awaken to that. I think especially that passage where, you know, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Whenever there is any kind of trauma or drama, I think it's the right time to step back and to say, God, help me to see this from your perspective. I actually like that phrase a lot to just help me see this from your perspective, because God does have the big picture and we just really don't. 
Exactly. I think sometimes, too, uh, it's a little scary to think that maybe um, there is a little more spiritual stuff going on. And I get that. You know, I've, I've been there. But in the end, Marnie, if we read the word, we can see that God is showing us and saying, listen, there's sometimes other things that are operating, but you've got authority over that. I was reading Luke 10, 19 a little while ago and just remembering that God gave us authority over all the darkness, all the power of the darkness. And so I just was encouraged once again, you know, to say, okay, God, not everything is natural. If we see things through the biblical perspective, that is through his perspective. We just need to remember that and that helps us. I like to use the phrase that I don't look for demons behind every tree, but I yeah. recognize they're around me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can't also be going blaming everything on that. We have our own thoughts that have to be renewed, our own That's minds that have to be renewed. So there's this balance there. But your book, uh, Unapologetically Free, that really comes from, well, the subtitle of it is Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit-Filled Life. And it's really about this digging in deeper to say, okay, God, is this something inside of me or is it something outside of me affecting me? Exactly. Yes. Unapologetically free deliverance and freedom through the spirit filled life too. You know, I love the Holy Spirit. And I think that sometimes we don't hear enough about him, but he is who guides us through the spirit filled life. And so I love that because um, when it comes to being free, whether you're being tormented on the inside or the outside, he can set you free. He will set you free because of Jesus. Going back to the spiritual awareness, Marnie, he's one of them. He is, a, he is an, an aware. We need to become more aware of his presence with us. You know, sometimes we want an experience with God. And uh, one of the things I tell people is when I read the word, if I read something, I believe it, then I activate it. I, I read, I believe, then I activate. Same thing with being aware of the Holy Spirit with us, who will bring us freedom. And so the Spirit-filled life that came, you know, being delivered from through the Spirit-filled life was being so aware of the Holy Spirit's presence with us. So you said, not looking for a demon behind every rock. I absolutely agree. So if we can increase in the awareness of the Holy Spirit and what right. he does. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's one of the most important things when thinking about spiritual warfare is that the battle's already been won. Actually, there are battles all over. It's us stepping into the truth of that yes. and owning it. I, your book is very clear about that. So it helps us so much to not be watching for the demons as much as watching for God. Amen. <laughs> yes. Oftentimes, the heaviness of life is not simply emotional, but spiritual. We're not always uh, aware or as aware that we could be of the spirit of God and his power and his authority and who he is. A lot of people may suffer with anxiety a lot of the times, and I'm not trying to get into the healthcare, mental health. I'm, you know, I'm, that's a whole, I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, people think they're just anxious, but it's actually, a, it's a torment. It's a torment in their heart and their mind against them. I encourage people to not just say, well, it's just, I may need uh, a self-help help, self -help book, or I mean, you know, start telling us ourselves what we need. But maybe just say, Lord, if this is spiritual, I thank you right now that you are the deliverer and you are the one who heals me and you are above everything and anything that wants to have rule and authority over me. And that is a freedom. It's a freedom. At least to consider it as a possibility, because like you said, some of the, you know, a lot of times we just don't even think of it. We just go straight toward a self-help book or a drug or a changing of the diet or whatever. And, and exactly. all of those things have their place. Sure. For sure. But sometimes it is spiritual and why not to check that out, you know, along, along with the other things. So Amen. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Face the enemy with words, words filled with the truths of God. That's one of my favorite ones. I wrote about a, a young girl who was being torn. She was young, you know, and, and she was being, really tormented in her mind um, with lots of fear, things that were coming, you know, she was hearing these things almost as if they were truths. They sounded so real and so truth, like such truths to her. Um, so she became really um, just tormented. And um, because of her age and the understanding of the spiritual things, whatever, I needed to help her 
uh, with a way that is more focused on God's truth versus, like we said, instead of, you know, dealing with the enemy face to face, it's just declaring who God is. And so that's really what I encouraged her to do. So I wrote out some prayers that were talking about God and who he is and how awesome he is and how he's ruler and he's king and, you know, things like that. And so um, she began to proclaim them. So when we begin to proclaim those powerful truths that God, you are king, you are Lord, there's nothing and nobody above you. And even if you have to press into it, because one of the things I want to share here, Marnie, is that there are times when people, I've met people who are severely tormented and some who are not, Um, When you're severely tormented, sometimes you have to press in until it breaks, but continue to proclaim those truths. God, I thank you that I have a sound mind. I don't have fear. You know, I have, I have power. I have a sound mind and continue to proclaim that until that oppression or restriction breaks. It's a lot along the lines of health in that you, you do the preventative work (laughs) that you can, and then if you find yourself in a situation where you are being tormented or attacked in any way that you think is spiritual, then you pray that kind of way. And what you had her do with the affirmations and the proclamations like that, the agreements with the, mm-hmm. with the Bible, that's right. what God says, that's what, that's what I do every morning awesome. before I'm tormented. Right. So in the mornings to go through, the truth of who I am in Christ, all those kind of things, we can actually step ahead of a lot of this trouble. Mm-hmm. And not that we'll never have it anyway. It's like right. driving safely and you still might be in a car accident. Right. But um, the reality is that there's these, these truths are always true. Yeah. And so what happens when we're, when we're feeling attacked and tormented, it's more important at that point to like physically to get the rest, to drink the water, to, you know, get the mm-hmm. hydration. Going. And spiritually, it's the same exact way. You're just pressing in in a different way. Is that making sense? You know, you're going to hear a lot of negative things throughout the day, even right. if you don't realize it. So right. it, it could never hurt you to uh, get in the word and hear what God has to say about you. Remind yourself, remind your mind and your memory, because you're even your memory, your brain, your memory, although we don't even get into that, but you know, all of those things play a part in how healthy we are. You know, there's even been research that when you've heard a lot of negative things, it literally affects how your brain looks. Right. And so when you hear those positive things, they do help you renew your mind. And I, and I really, the more you begin to believe those things, the more you seal any holes that the enemy may be able to get to and say, ah, see right here, there's a deficit in your faith. There's a deficit in your identity in Christ. So he comes and he picks at that. So absolutely, Marnie. I just love starting the day with that. It's yeah. just so, and putting on the spiritual armor and those kind of uh, routines in the morning. Renounce from the heart and the freedom will follow. A formal declaration or abandonment of something. You know, we've made so many agreements, um, uh, with the enemy sometimes, and just with lifeless things, Marnie. Um, I'm actually going to minister this weekend, and my, my message was decree and declare, and I just started to remember that there are so many of us, including myself, where we have made agreements with the enemy or, or something that's not life. If it's not in the word, if it's not full of life, if it's not positive, it's not of God, because there's no darkness in him at all, the word says. So if it's dark, if it's broken, it's not of his. And so to renounce something means I break up with it. I break up with it. So there were words that maybe were spoken over me, maybe in school, maybe to myself, because I didn't like myself for a long time. And then as an adult, I just began to realize I do like myself now that I'm growing in Christ. I'm like, you know what? I'm not as bad as the enemy makes me think I am and as other people make me think I am because Christ has renewed who I was. And so you can renounce that. And, and what I mean by that, it's real simple. It's not, um, it's not a step one through 10. It's just, I break up with, even if you don't want to say the word renounce, you can just say, I break up with the agreements that I've made with the enemy. I break up with the words he spoke over me or that this person spoke over me that have brought forth so much darkness into my life or maybe lack of self-esteem. Maybe it broke my spirit. I break up with those things today. I renounce them in the name of Jesus. 
That's awesome. I have a I have a way to think about it after I have renounced or broken up with something like that. I like that breakup. I like that mm-hmm. phrase. Um, then I then I like when it comes to my thoughts again because oftentimes even though you've made the commitment and you've made the announcement, it still will come back to you yes. as a temptation or whatever. Then I like to say in that situation, I like to say I don't live there anymore. I Amen. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yes. Location. I don't live there anymore. This time is up. We are already out of time. Teresa, what a joy to see you here. Thank today. you. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. I love you and your ministry. Love and, you. Yeah. Thank and you, you guys want to be sure to check out her new book, Unapologetically Free. You can learn more about that at her website, TeresaLuska.com, T-E-R-E-S-A-L-U-S-K dot com or over at womenspeakers.com under Texas. to introduce you to Tina Yeager of Valrico, Florida, and her website is tinayeager.com. Welcome to you, Tina. Thank you. I'm glad to be here today. None of us have it all together, but we can face it all if we stand together in our divine calling and strength. Our divine calling and strength. That's the key. We need God's strength and we need each other. That's how we're designed. So we can face so much more if we are sisters, if we are sisters and brothers in our family of God, using our divine purpose and our divine gifts to be strong in the Lord, to face things that we otherwise would never be able to face. That's interesting. So when I was, when I was thinking about it ahead of coming on air with you here, I was thinking about the together part. And you have, which is also important, but you have focused on the divine calling part, which is huge. That's so gigantic. I always think, you know, if we're not in that divine calling, really what we're doing is we're being an airplane when we're built to be a bicycle or something like that. You know, it's just not going to work. We're just going to be so frustrated all the time. So I love that divine calling part. What about the facing it together? Facing it together is something that we as human beings are designed for, but we don't particularly do well. Instead, we are competing, we're comparing, and we are fighting and combating against one another as if we are each other's enemy, and that's not what we were made to do. We're not made to be our own enemy or to be the enemy of the people God designed to be in community with us. We're meant to fight evil, not one another. Insecurity leverages its most ferocious attack upon our purpose. Our purpose is what we're designed for. And insecurity, which is the enemy's attack against us, is going to hit us right where we are meant to be strongest. That's strategy. The enemy has a strategic way of hitting us where we're meant to deliver the most impact. So if you're an encourager, you'll get hit with discouragement. If you're a confidence builder, you'll get hit with insecurity. And those doubts, those attacks are going to get us where we're meant to be the most impactful. And he's doing it on purpose. We need to recognize it so that we can resist that attack. Yeah, it goes back to the principle, greatest strength is always your greatest weakness. Mm-hmm. And of course, God says in your weakness, that's where I'm, he's made strong. So in those times when we are under attack, in our area of greatest strength, therefore our greatest weakness, that's his call back to always keep focused on him. I think it's so amazing how that is circular like that, how he made, you know, the greatest strength have its own greatest weakness. I think it's really, it's really pretty uh, creative plan for having us always need to run back to him for help. <laughs> yes. He's our manna. He's our daily provider. And we are best when we're depending on him. And he knows that he does that because he loves us. Yeah. And I think that that's the other thing that we sometimes lose focus on, you know, um, that when things are tough, that we pray more, that we are running back to him more frequently when things are either really hard or maybe even really good compared to like the normal average day. Mm -hmm. And those times are times of real growth for us when we do have the need to run back to him more frequently. That's where that's where we see the greater growth. Yes, we're designed for relationship with him. That's the whole point. 
Yeah. It's not right. the day-to-day things that we think are so important. It's our relationship with him that's yeah. the key. And not a checkoff list. <laughs> right. In the midst of us striving to measure up, we lose our God-given identity. Our identity is how we connect with how God made us. So if we're trying to measure up to someone else's standard, to the world standard, to a standard of beauty, to another person's calling or purpose, then we're going to miss what God says we are, who God says we are. And we're going to try to live up to something we're not, and that's impossible. So fighting the impossible or trying to be the impossible is a complete waste of time. It's exhausting, and it leads us to despair. We don't have to be in despair. We can be in great joy. It's so fulfilling to live according to who God says we are instead. Yeah, so everybody hold up your thumb real quick. (laughs) I'll do it too. You bet. So this little one-inch rectangle right there can convict you of a crime in a court of law. That's how unique you are. You are so unique. You know, there's just nobody else like you. And that's just the beginning of your uniqueness. And if you don't own that, if you don't appreciate that, if you don't live out that, then it is what you're saying. It's just, it's just a battle all the time. You're just fighting against how God built you, trying to be somebody else or maybe like something you thought was lovely. <laughs> right. And I think, I, think that, I think that those things that we think are really great qualities in other people are meant to inspire us. They definitely are. But we don't do it that way. You know, we do it our unique way. Nobody else is going to be you. If you think about your baby and how much you adore your baby, you would never want one baby to try to be like the other baby. You want that baby to be the best it was meant to be. And that's how God sees us and how we should see ourselves. Absolutely. And just the delight of his heart. I love that analogy of a baby because babies Mm -hmm. delight our hearts so much. And it's so true that that's how our Heavenly Father is delighted with us. He is so excited, even if he has to keep changing our diapers. (laughs) When we lay bare our scars to offer healing, we bear the image of Jesus and therefore represent the ultimate threat to evil. The scars of Jesus, if you think about those, we normally think of scars as ugly. But what's more beautiful than the scars that Jesus had on his hands and feet and his head when he went to the cross to die for us, to give us eternal relationship and home with Father? He brought us to himself through those scars. And our scars can do the same thing. He's, he's giving us an opportunity to be real with people about the things that have wounded us, through which they can connect with the love and the healing and the blessings of the Father. Yeah, really beautiful. Yeah, and it's just such an amazing story that he would, that he would come and do that for us. Oh, yeah. That's beyond imagination, really, that he would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, you know, and we were talking beforehand, you're going to be speaking at a writer's conference coming up here pretty soon, and we were talking about um, that, uh, the stories that these particular writers are sharing um, would be about wounds in their lives. And I always, I always talk about that with, with writers and speakers, you know, before, before you share your story, make sure you are scarred over Mm -hmm. instead of the open wounds. Right. Um, Because it sharing your open wounds in a safe environment is very, very healthy. Sharing them in an environment where everybody can throw darts and arrows and fiery, you know, words at you is not so safe. And you really, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus is a good example of that. He came back and he showed them, you know, his his wounds, his scars, that he was healed. True. We're writing from a Bleeding Heart Conference is meant for women who are in that place of healing. And there are scholarships available, so they're able to attend this this conference for free. So we want them to be able to share the scars to heal others. But if you're still healing and you're still wounded, it's very difficult to bring that healing to someone else because you'll be too raw yourself. And it's not that you don't start on it or think about it or pray about Mm -hmm. it or begin. You know, a lot of times I know for a lot of people, writing is very much part of the healing journey. Mm -hmm. But it isn't probably time to publish it until until your father exactly. wants. Can you say the name of your conference again? You said it. I couldn't Writing it. from a Bleeding Heart. It's done by the Bloom TV uh, organization, Bloom in the Dark organization, Paula Mosher Wallace. And I can leave you the link for that conference if you like later. 
What we perceive as a risk, God knows as a miraculous opportunity for imminent heroines. I love this one. (laughs) Heroines. Isn't that what we are as women? We're heroines of God. We're meant to go forth and just be courageous in the name of Jesus about sharing the purpose, about sharing the esteem that God has for all of us and bringing us into relationship with him. Each of us has a certain purpose. We all have a purpose together. And so being able to be true to who we are helps us be those heroines. And that requires risk. Every heroine of every story has to risk something to fulfill their destiny. And that's our opportunity is to face that risk with the strength of Christ and fulfill our purpose together. I think of all those Bible stories we love to read now that they're all done and in the past, but they had to be horrible to live. (laughs) Just really intense. um, Queen Esther. Yes. She didn't know if she was going to get killed. I mean, all of them are really intense. Mm -hmm. And you put yourself in that person's shoes and you're like, wow, that took so much faith, so much courage. Mm -hmm. And I love the word encourage because it has courage right in the middle Mm -hmm. of it. But it's then to take it in, to encourage yourself by uh, just asking God to help you. I love that. That's really cool, too. Concern about what others think can crop up like a harmless-looking weed in the most unlikely places. When we are worried about what other people think, then we are not going to be worried about what God wants. So instead of doing our purpose, We're distracted to the side, to the right or the left. What are they thinking? What do they want me to do instead of what God has purposed me to do? How he's crafted me as a vessel to pour out blessings into other people's lives. Instead, we're going to be twisting side to side instead of pouring out. Facing eyes directly into Jesus' eyes. I always think Mm -hmm. the audience is one. But, you know, you just really spoke to me right there, too. Um, I've been asking God about something in particular, just as you were saying that. Uh, it was like, oh, that was the problem. I I actually was considering another person's opinion higher than God's. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really easy to fall into it. It is. We're meant to respect one another, but we also need to make sure that God has the authority and say so, yes or no, and all the things that we choose. And I think a lot of us say no because we're just scared. <laughs> And fear is the enemy of love, not hate, but fear. People do the worst things out of fear. But if we are focused on our love for God and how much he loves others, that will motivate us to do the right thing. Yeah. In fact, I have right right by my, uh, right by my desk here, I have my, my thing that is Philippians 128. I will not for a moment be frightened or intimidated by anything in the unseen world. For such fearlessness and constancy will be a sure sign of my deliverance and salvation from the Lord, but their impending destruction and doom. So I love that verse just reminding me, you know, you guys, it really does take so much courage to walk with God because he is invisible. He shows himself all over the place, nature in every way he shows himself, even in how uniquely he's made each of us, he shows himself. But yet he asks us to walk by faith. And that's way different than walking by faith. Walking by faith means you don't have the faith. You mm-hmm. just have the faith and it's scary. I love that courage also comes from the root word of heart, which is the enemy of fear. Love is the enemy of fear. So if we remember love, it helps us fight off our default setting of fear. I really believe that human beings have a default setting of fear. I find it all the time. I'll talk about having faith and having courage, but it's not my default setting. I have to work at it and constantly stay encouraged by the spirit of God, our comforter, our counselor. Which is why every single angel in the Bible says, first off, don't be afraid. (laughs) I mean, you think when you see an angel, you'd be excited, right? Why would we always be afraid? But they, we would always be afraid. They always said that first, you know, don't be afraid, fear not. So I think that, I think it comes very naturally, even when something great is going to happen. A lot of times we're facing fear about the unknown parts of it. True. That has to do with our wanting to be like God and know everything. That one of the original temptations, that's where we've been fallen ever since the beginning of time. And we're facing that 
fear and that insecurity of being disconnected from God, being the one who has to know everything instead of us needing to know everything and be in control of everything. And that's our, that's our issue. If we could just relax, that would be wonderful. <laughs> that's really a cool aspect of that. I haven't really ever thought about that. I wonder if that's like, um, you know, part of humility then I've never heard it said the way you just said it. It's really, it's really clicking in my head, but I mean, I think, part of humility then would be um, the test of how do you fare when you don't know what's going to happen? You know, how is your heart? Are you just always a flutter, always worried and overwhelmed? Or is your heart peaceful? Because the humility, the humble place would be in total confidence that it's not about you. <laughs> and I think, honestly, I mean, I really struggle with this. This is, that was a great thought. I'm going to incubate this while more. <laughs> Me too. We all speak on the things that we need most to learn and <laughs> constantly telling myself these same yeah. things too, but we share them with each other because we all need to hear the same messages that God gives us through the power of his spirit. It's not that I have wisdom on my own, but if I depend on him, he can give me all the wisdom that I need to be blessed in my life and help other people who are on that same journey. Right. And the thing is that the reason you could share these particular things is because you actually did grow and learn from these concepts. And even though, yeah, there's still more depth to them that you haven't even, you know, gotten to yet. I always think of, I always thinking of a corkscrew um, going down and down and down and down. And we think, you know, after a couple of turns, we've got it, but it has a long way yet to go. There's so much depth in Christ. And so uh, thank you so much for coming and sharing these with us today. Really fun. Thank you. I was happy and blessed to be here. You can learn more about Tina and her speaking ministry at womenspeakers.com. Just click on Florida and she'll show up right there. Otherwise, you can go over to her own website at tinayeager.com. Featured speaker Muriel Gladney of, oh, and I love your city name, Rancho Cucamongo, Florida. <laughs> I just want to say that over and over. <laughs> it, it delights me almost as much when I was going to Africa for the first time, I realized I was going to be translated into Swahili. And Cucamongo oh. reminds me of Swahili. It just makes me happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this one would make your stomach happy because it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I just having grapes today for lunch. It's so yummy. I love grapes. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, happy to have you here, Muriel. And Thank excited you. to pick your brain about some of your aha moments. So I'm just going to dive us right in here with your first one. God is not surprised by my issues. He is not surprised. I was an atheist, did not believe in God at all for 52 years. So I lived in the world. That's all I knew. And when he brought me into the body of Christ, I knew no scriptures. I knew one Bible character, and that was Moses, because they made a movie about the parting of the sea. So I came in totally ignorant of scriptures. But as I started reading the scriptures, it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, look at the stuff I've done. And then I finally realized he knew that when he called me. Yeah. So I'm like, you weren't surprised? <laughs> so it was really a joy to figure out and to learn that through his word, he knew exactly what he was getting with me when he called me in. Because I questioned everything. Yeah, I still get a lot of comfort from that same phrase today that that he is not surprised by my issues. I mean, I accepted Christ when I was four years old, so kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, Muriel. Yeah. But still, I don't have everything all together. I'm still just, I'm still just a sinner saved by grace, walking forward, uh, you know. And it does, it delights me that He is not surprised by my issues. Isn't that beautiful? It is. But so many people, they try to come to Christ, but they're so ashamed of their background yes. that they finally leave the church and they run. Uh, and I can't lie. I tried at first, you know, but when I came in, it was like, no, I'm not sure I want this. Mm -hmm. But when he touches your heart yeah, and he opens your mind to know that he really exists, I couldn't back up. 
So then I started asking him, well, where were you when I was going through all of this? And one of the things that he told me is one of my first prayers, if you will. And I was so excited the day and night that he opened my eyes to his existence. But my first prayer when I knew I was praying to him was, where were you when my life was so hard and difficult? And in my mind, he answered me. He said, well, who do you think kept you? And I said, oh, that was you? (laughs) So he knew everything, you know, just like he told, just like Paul. Paul was a religious Pharisee but he didn't know anything about Jesus. And so when he told the other people that I'm going to use this man as my servant, they were shocked like, oh, no, you you not Paul. We know him. And Jesus says, I know him. That's why I chose him. So he was not surprised at anything that Paul had done. Or Saul at that point, and then they changed his name to Paul. So that was one of the key scriptures that let me know, I got you. Right. He said, I know everything about I you. <laughs> right. And I died for it all. I love the fact that he died like before any of our sins were ever committed, like before any of us were even alive. So we don't have to worry about like, I don't know if this one's covered. I don't know if that one's yeah. covered. You know, <laughs> they're all yeah. covered under the yeah. blood of the cross of Christ, which is just such a miracle. And we're so grateful for that. Faith in Jesus is a door to inner joy and peace in a world of chaos. I have found that is one of the strangest things. Because as an atheist, it was impossible to think that someone that I couldn't see, couldn't touch, couldn't feel, would be able to solve the problems in my life and allow me to feel joy and peace because the world hasn't changed. And yet over 24 years, that is exactly what I have found, that no matter what's going on in the world, it's like I take a moment uh, when I could get down on my knees, you know, they're so bad now, but I would just stop and thank him that whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but that I'm safe because I'm in his hands. So I went from not believing that an invisible God could control me to now I know that everything around me, I'm safe. Doesn't mean things are not going to happen, but I have peace that whatever comes is going to happen. Yeah. I like how you said, you know, because the world didn't change, you know, the world is still the same world, but somehow you walk through that situation that should be completely devastating you. And there's this sense of peace or even joy that is completely incomprehensible. And it doesn't even make sense. And yet it is so much a part of you that when we say, okay, Lord, uh, I'm in your hands, handle this, (laughs) you know, and you back up, you know, it's like uh, good cooks, you know, when they're in the kitchen cooking, they will tell you, get out of the way, you know, but we're in there trying to add some seasoning to the pot and don't you need a little bit more salt? And that cook will tell you, get out of my kitchen. Get out of the way. So Jesus says, I got this. <laughs> Just trust me with your whole heart, body, soul. Mm-hmm. That takes time. That's a process. Absolutely. But when we get to that point, there's nothing like it. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening with family, friends, illness. Uh, because I had a situation where uh, as I put in this book, the rubber met the road. It was a matter of life or death. So I was going to have to put my mouth or my faith where my mouth was. <laughs> right. And I'm here today because he did a miraculous healing because I said, okay, Lord, <laughs> this is just you and me. <laughs> Either it's my time or I still got work to do. I'm still here, Marnie. I got work to do. Well, and, you know, for a Christian, for a believer in Christ, it's such a win-win. If he takes us home, that means we're in heaven. If he leaves us here, that means we get to continue to do his work here. You know, like Paul said, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to even choose which one I would prefer because 
Yes. It's both a win-win. It's just such a win-win. And you mentioned your book. You have a new book coming out really soon here called We Are One. And in it is not only your story, but other stories of how God has carried uh, women, especially through horrific situations where there's really no hope. And he brings he brings us through. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because as I said before, some of the stories in this book are going to just twist a woman's heart because you think, how can they still be standing? You know, I think I went through some hard things. Their stories make me want to back up, sit down and shut up mm-hmm. because I haven't been through anything compared to <laughs> the stories of some of these women. And yet, at the end, they said, my faith is what brought me through. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, I heard that. I hear people say that all the time. And I think it's it's true, but it's our faith that brings us true, through. But it's faith in what? It's not faith in pulling up myself out of the dregs, you know, of despair. It's faith in God. It's the faith in God that brings us through. It's God who brings us through. And it's our faith in him that allows us to experience that along the way. It's just such a beautiful partnership. Yes. Now, I like that, a partnership, because that's what it is. He tells us. Yeah, imagine, yeah. (laughs) We've got to be partners with the king of the universe. I mean, what's the insanity there? (laughs) Yes, yes. But when we're in a relationship with him, one of the things that uh, I talked about in one of the seminars that I do on the book is that we literally have a contract with Jesus signed by his blood. That's what covenant means. And it's an individual covenant because everybody comes through at a different pace. Everybody learns the terms of their contract at a different pace. But when we finally understand we have a contract (laughs) with God, he says, I will never leave you. When you put your faith in me and you love me with your whole heart, body, and soul, I got this. I got this. That's a a term of the contract. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Leaving the house without first closing my mind in God's word is the same as walking out the door naked to fight a fully armed army. That has a story behind it that is just hilarious. This was during the first uh, several years of my journey. And, of course, now I know God exists. I know Jesus is the son. He says I am safe in his hands. But every time I walked out the door, some circumstance would literally meet me right at the door, no matter how many promises I had made not to act like the old me. And so my cousin, uh, I call her my spiritual mentor, and I was telling her, I said, I don't understand. I said, I pray, I give thanks, I worship him. I know my life is based on him. I wake up every day because he allowed me to. But why am I coming across so many enemies? And she said, well, are you putting your clothes on? I said, well, of course I'm putting my clothes on, you know. No clue what she was talking about. She says, no. She says, the armor of God. Are you dressing in the armor? And I said, oh, that's what you're talking about. She said, yes, those pieces of armor are not for the body. They're for the mind. And if you put that armor on, then, you know, the shield, you know, protects you from people. You know, because you're going to meet people who are going to challenge you. Uh, Some schools, they teach things that are absolutely against, you know, Jesus and so on. She said, but if you put on your clothes, the right ones, and then you put on the natural clothes, you will find that the enemy cannot get to you. So that taught me a lesson. And I started to say, okay, Lord, let me dress first. Yeah, I, I I do that every morning as I'm getting physically dressed. I'm also getting spiritually dressed, and I go through the whole armor. And, you know, once you start to do it, it doesn't take so long to do no. it. You know, it's very, very quick. But it is interesting that that's the analogy that's used is armor 
clothes like you're going into war so the only time you wouldn't put them on in a day is when you don't think you are um you know <laughs> otherwise you better get them on <laughs> right and the way the enemy attacks us sometimes depending on where you've been during the day you have to even put that armor on at night when you go to bed so that you're safe during the time that you're asleep yeah, and I have the analogy of, for me, when I'm tying on my shoes of peace, the gospel of preparation of peace, then I, if I lose my peace during the day at any point, I think, oh, my shoes came untied, you know what I mean, right down to, you know, I mean, it's just, it's such a beautiful analogy, you can really understand these different pieces. Yes. Um, you know, you just start tripped it up, you know, you start tripping up, and it's like, well, I bet my belt isn't on right, the belt of truth, because what happens then is that the, the their long robes would get tangled up in their feet, and they couldn't really run. So they would hike their robes up and tie their belt around it so that they could really get some good traction going. And, <laughs> you know, if you're getting tripped up, a lot of times it's because you're believing a lie somewhere that this is forever or that this is impossible or whatever it is that you're believing. Yeah. Sometimes it's a lie. So I, too, I love the spiritual armor. What a great time together, Muriel. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Okay, and you guys, you want to check out Muriel's ministry, you can go to womenspeakers.com and click on California, or else you can go right over to her own website. It's her name, Muriel Gladney, N-E-Y, the Gladney.com, and you can learn all about that there in her upcoming new release book, We Are One. Speakers, Susan Neal, welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me. You are a Floridian like me. I am. Yes. I'm loving being a Floridian. Um, and you are here to talk with us a little bit about what you call God's foods and how they can change our future, um, change our bodies, um, it, it, how we need to change our mind a little bit to think about things differently. And one of the things that I wanted to start with was just your background, because you have a bunch of initials here. You have an RN and an MBA and an MHS, and I don't even know if everybody knows what all those are. So tell us a little bit about your background. Um, yes, I'm a registered nurse. I used to work on a kidney transplant floor at Shands mm -hmm. Hospital in Gainesville. And then I got my master's in business administration and a master's in health science. Mm -hmm. And I worked at Mayo Clinic Jacksonville as an executive and also Blue Cross Blue Shield as a quality assurance nurse. And now I am a Christian author. And how did you decide to specialize in um, eating, eating God's foods? Um, I lost my health eight years ago. And um, I just had 10 medical diagnoses, two surgeries, just struggled to get out of bed. Um, I, I, was, I was just a basket case. And so I um, figured out, you know, the doctor's health and alternative medicine health, figured out, you know, some different things. And after about a year, I was healed because God made our bodies to heal. And so um, I wanted to help others because I know how much it is of a struggle to just feel terrible and foggy-brained and lethargic. And, and so I thought that, you know, with my background and then my, you know, personal story, I, I could help others. And so I've written books, you know, a healthy living series of books about it. Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates and the Healthy Living Journal. Okay, so before we dive into your quotes, because I'm excited to get going on those, but first of all, you talk a lot about God's foods. And, you know, the first time I heard that phrase, I was like, hey, you know, what kind of, what kind of talk is that? But as you described it more to me, I was like, yeah, I agree with that. So tell us what God's foods are. Well, um, when you look at your plate, evaluate what you're eating. And God is our creator. And so he planted a garden and gave us a hundred different vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, grains, all sorts of phenomenal stuff to eat. Unfortunately, a lot of those foods have been processed and a lot of the nutrients are taken out and they're in boxes and bags and those boxes and bags can sit on the grocery shelf for years because they don't have any nutritional value. They don't have the fiber. So when you look at your food, make sure that you can identify that it would have been something that God planted 
and not something that was recreated by a food manufacturer. And a simple example is a baked potato. Okay, that's a vegetable that is nutritional, wonderful, but potato chips are not. So don't eat them. Evoke lifestyle changes through God's power. God's power is the key. Um, I've, I've written my books from a Christian perspective because my willpower alone, mm, I fail over and over. I, I go to the source um, of my power through the Holy Spirit within me, and I ask God to help me, help me to resist this temptation, help me to, you know, take care of the body that you've given me. And so I, I ask God to help. Lifestyle changes. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Lifestyle changes is, is, is eating God's food, um, not overeating, going out for a walk, getting a little bit of exercise. Let's get some sunshine on our skin to get some vitamin D. You know, um, many of us, you know, can understand the different lifestyle changes that we should make but we aren't always successful at doing it. I, I recommend getting an accountability and prayer partner, somebody who you can say, you know, I've decided to make this change and, and I want to do really well. And would you please be my prayer partner, my accountability partner, you know, call that person, ask them to pray with you. And then, you know, when temptation arises, use the sword of the spirit. I use the verse, don't drink too much wine. For many evils lie along that path. Be filled instead with the Holy Spirit and controlled by him. And so I'm asking God to empower me and have the Holy Spirit control me and not my fleshly nature. And so I'm, I'm accessing his power through those different means, prayer, scripture, calling out to him. Yeah, I love that. And there's so much grace. There's so much grace in this journey with a God who just continues to forgive and there are consequences for our choices uh, and yet God just continues to forgive and to draw us to a wiser way of living um, but to evoke the changes through God's power is the actually the gift that he's offering us that we don't have to do it alone. We don't have to conjure up all of our own self, self, um, self-control and all that kind of stuff but those are fruit of the spirit so that's really cool. I had um I have a closed Facebook group with my uh, my readers and um, a youth pastor. Uh, he recently you know started the plan and for six weeks he did awesome and then he wrote me an email and he's like gosh I just did terrible I binged and I just don't know what to do I just feel like I just you know totally you know messed up and I'm like you know we have God's grace that is one time one time in six weeks come on you know God gives us Grace, you know, he when God remembers our sins no more. He chooses to just forget and go on. And so don't, you know, think about it again. Move forward and tomorrow be better. I like the story of Peter, the crucifixion or when Jesus was arrested, that he denied Jesus three times. And then when Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus said, go tell the disciples and Peter that I'm alive. No matter how many times we blow it, <laughs> no matter how big we blow it, there is this gracious, loving God who says, come back to me. And that's always the place we want to be going is back into the presence of Jesus with our worst struggles, with our joys, with our delights, with everything. He wants us to be talking to him. So that's so cool. Reclaim your health for the glory of God. Well, for example, for me, I, you know, it took almost a year, eight months for me to reclaim my health, to get my health back. But you see, God made our bodies to heal. If we give um, our bodies the, the nutrition that he designed for our bodies, and not the nutrition that the food manufacturer creates for us, and if we do that, then we can reclaim our health and we can say, look, I am healed because God made my glorious body. So do you feel like it was... Um pretty much a U-turn for you as far as eating went. Did you go from eating very poorly to eating very healthfully, or were you already pretty much eating healthfully? Um, 
Oh, I found out that I had a candida infection in my gut. And that was one of the one of the ten different things. So I had a lot of different things going on, but candida is a yeast and so it had an overgrowth in my colon. I had and I had antibiotics and steroids and all this other stuff. And so I had to kill that yeast and I had to quit eating bread, no wheat, no sugar, um, mm. no uh, wow. fruit no rice, you know, nothing, none of the white stuff. And, oh, it was a major lifestyle change. I mean, I lost a bunch of weight, but I wanted my health back so bad that I was willing to follow this regimented diet and, and um, not give the yeast the things that it liked to eat because it made me crave alcohol and carbs and all the bad food. Mm. It was like a monster living in me and it dominated my appetite and my life. Well, and I think we can all relate to that, that certain foods, uh, my sister calls them kryptonite. <laughs> you know, you've got your own kryptonite, you know, this, this particular food, you just have a really hard time. Once you start eating it, it just is like that monster. It wants more and more of that particular thing. Healthy eating for healthy living with God's food. And so that was like what we, what I began with, was looking at, you know, the food on your plate. So from this point on, I challenge you to evaluate everything you eat. Is it a food God would have planted and created in the Garden of Eden? And I think meat is perfectly fine. God said we could eat the meat after the flood. Um, or is it in a box or a bag? that a food manufacturer created or is just some kind of delectable thing that does not have the nutritional value and we shouldn't eat. Yeah. Well, there's, it's a pretty clear, uh, pretty, pretty clear line of demarcation there (laughs) between the two. We all know what one is and what one isn't. Improve your health through commitment, self-examination and the Lord's help. In my book, Seven Steps to Get Off Sugar and Carbohydrates, the the hardest thing is the commitment, okay, the commitment. And number one, step one is to decide. That's that's the hardest step. Um, Even with like an alcoholic, it's the hardest step to say, okay, yes, I am. So what, what do I need to do about it? So the first step is, yes. I need to make a lifestyle change and I'm going to commit. I'm going to decide to do it and I'm going to commit to do it. And even in my book, I have you sign a contract before God. Okay. This is my contract, you know, between me and God as my commitment to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because when we do, we can serve God so much better than when we're sick and going to the doctors and, have brain fog and are exhausted. I mean, I, I know how that feels. So, um, so that commitment is number one. And then self-examination. Okay, what do I need to change? And when I do have a hiccup, examine, and I know I don't want to do that again, and, and ask God to help you to change and to turn and, and, and not. And then the third one was, again, going to the Lord for help. How can um, you help me, God? To, to do this, calling your prayer partner, um, asking them to help you and to pray with you and for you. I have a friend who struggled ever since I knew her uh, with her weight um, and did a lot of self-abuse with that, really beat herself up all the time for that and really felt almost like she wasn't a Christian because she couldn't mm-hmm. do this weight loss thing and she really struggled. And then it came uh, after many even decades, it came that there was a time when she went on to an eating plan and she actually stuck with it and she could do it and she took the weight off. Yeah, I know, right? But the reality is, was, did God love her more after she took the weight off? Was God, you know, no. So wherever you are in this journey, wherever I am in this journey, um, we have to just recognize that God is with us right here. And every day, every choice we make every day is an opportunity to do it God's way with God or to do it independently of God and to have the consequences of that, but also to know that just in the same way as he forgave us the first time for all of our sins when he died on the cross before we ever did any of them, that's how he lives out through us now. It's every time, every situation thing, 
where there's forgiveness for every single failure and fall. And so I was, you know, I, as I was telling you before we came in the air, that's the only way I can keep going is that I know that God has forgiven me for every sin I committed before, during, and after this moment. It's all, it's all after the cross. It's all under the blood of Christ. And so therefore, you know, the, the, um, there has to be a distinction between, between am I a perfect person or am I a sinner forgiven? You know, it is, we are sinners forgiven. And then anytime we can choose to let God flow through us, to let God do it in us, get, do it for us, with us, to do it for God, all of those choices that we have to make, anytime we make those choices, then there's a blessing that comes with that. I mean, it's just this opportunity that we have to do it with God or let him do it through us. And that's what you're talking about is that there's this opportunity that we have to to choose to look at our plates differently, to choose to look at our decisions differently, and to make choices that would be better for us. And I'm so grateful that you were here and that you shared this. I'm thankful that it's your life work and that you do it with such joy. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, I like to inspire others to reclaim their health so they can serve God better. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you guys want to check out Susan's ministry, you can go to womenspeakers.com and click on Florida, and she'll show up there. Otherwise, her own website is Susan U, as an umbrella, Susan U, Neal, N-E-A-L.com. Susan U, Neal.com. Susan, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. And thanks, you guys, for being here. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.